Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. I'm really pleased to be with you today and to be joined by my good friend, Rachel Davidson. Both of us are international best-selling authors. My latest book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, and Rachel's novel, spiritual novel, The Point of Me, and more of those at the end of the show. Today we're going to be exploring the whole issue around sacrifice. And for many people, when you talk about sacrifice, they will have a vision of a film that they've watched with the, Mm. the Vestal Virgin being held down on a, a, a some sort of a sacrificial altar yep. or the goat or the chicken yep. um, being pacify the gods to, right yep unfortunately we've gone a long way from that place where people lose their lives in order to appease the <laughs> yes. gods and yes. and chickens are more likely to arrive on our dinner table than they are <laughs> to be sacrificed although there are still places within the world where that happens i'm sure But ultimately, the issue of sacrifice, I think, is very complicated. Yeah. And that many people believe that they are sacrificing their desires, their wants, in order to fulfil other people's needs and desires. Yes. Um, And that they are perhaps sacrifice what they want in the now in order to gain something bigger in the future. Yes. Yes. There are all sorts of um, nuances around the, the whole principle of sacrifice mm. and the, the giving of something in order to receive or attain or to um, access something bigger and better yes. is an interesting one. Yeah, and I, I think that that is where the concept... Um, the archetypal concept of sacrifice comes from because um, I, I think that most of the codified religions talk about sacrifice um, in the sense of having to put effort into life in order to get benefits out of it. And it's the concept of learning to delay uh, gratification. And I think that's where sacrifice comes from. And I think initially it was interpreted quite literally, as having to give up something that was of value to you. Something so, very precious. The best goat. Your son. Your son, yes. yes. Yeah, and and there are still people mm. today who, in the fundamentalist areas of, of religion, will consider sacrifice as, as something that they have to do to please yeah. God. To So they give up their own lives in awful, horrible circumstances yes. um, in order to purchase to use that word, um, a, a, a place a, in heaven, an afterlife. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but I think on a more sort of mundane um, basis, day to day basis, I think there are a lot of people who 
sacrifice themselves in a martyrdom type of yes. manner. And I think that's where it can show up in, if you like, modern day um, life as as being quite a negative thing. And I think a lot of people think of the word sacrifice as being pejorative, of being as being negative. Uh, it's the giving up of something. Yes. I'd like to explore that in a moment. I'd like to go back to this business of deferred gratification. Yeah, yeah. Um, we may have mentioned it before, but there's been um, an experiment done with very young children aged around three or four mm. where they're put into a room and on a plate there is a marshmallow. The marshmallow test, yeah, yeah. And the child is put in the room on their own and told, if you uh, wait till I come back, you can have two marshmallows. Mm. And children fell into three categories. Those who completely ignored the marshmallow and carried on doing their thing. <laughs> yep. Those who had to distract themselves and managed not to eat the marshmallow. Yes. And those children who immediately gobbled up the marshmallow, they couldn't wait. Yes. For me, what's really interesting is that they've now tracked those children over decades. Mm. And what they've discovered is that those children who were able to defer gratification more easily... Mm. or in fact do it at all have done better in life yes they're more successful um at every level they're yes. fitter they um their weight is more healthy yep that you might think of being logical because you could argue that the children were greedy yes. but interestingly they've done better academically they have um they've done better in terms of their status and jobs their bank balance are he balances are healthier yes and at, at the first glance, you think, well, why is that? But mm. if you think about it, sacrificing the now, yes. I won't go out and play with my friends, I'll do my homework, Yes. I won't spend money on going on an expensive holiday or that pair of Jimmy Choo shoes, mm -hmm. I'll save it because actually I want there to be a better future. Yes. At its most basic level, that's a form of sacrifice, isn't it? I, I really do think that that is um, actually sort of, yeah, the most fundamental form of sacrifice, which is um, you could grab it now, but if you if you saved it, if you held back, sacrificed, the, the desire to have, yes. then, then something better, safer, something in the future is, is going, going to happen. Um, about it, and and I think it's one of the most important emotional skills that um, that people, and certainly children, um, can develop. Really. Yes, and it's interesting for me that you know you know my background was head teacher, uh, principal of a school, large school. How many parents find it very difficult mm. to encourage their children to have deferred gratification? because they don't want the whining, the moaning, the, the nagging. Um, and I can yeah. quite understand that that is very trying. Yes. But in their appeasing that child's need to have it and to have it now, yes. what they do is they feed the habit. Yes. And so many parents, in their wish to give their children everything, mm -hmm. actually are doing them a huge disservice. Well, you sort of think about how that might manifest in, in adult life. And, and the classic example, I guess, is the shopaholic yeah. who, um, who just cannot stop having that, that rush of, of what, what is it when you purchase a new top or a new bag or this, that and the other. And they're using credit cards, which is the modern day 
equivalent of, of basically saying, you don't have to sacrifice the now, you can have it. Just put it on the credit card. But of course, you know, you're borrowing somebody else's money and it's going to uh, uh, There are up. huge consequences, aren't there? And they want money on top of their money when you're borrowing somebody else's money. So the shopaholic gets themselves into, into terrible debts and terrible issues because they just cannot wean themselves off that... Um, you know, ability just to say no in the moment. I don't need that top, or I'll wait until I've saved the money. It's an interesting one because I do believe that that things like um, the need to buy, the shopping, yeah. is being used as um, as a plaster to cover a much deeper wound, a yes. sense of self worth, sense of belonging, all of those things. Yes, and I think there is a perhaps a nuance between sacrificing because it gives you an opportunity to um, to see that that by doing so, that something better in the future is going to come. Yes. And the, people's sense of self worth, self confidence, and so on, yes. and the need to actually feel better. Yes. For me, they're different. Yes. Um, that you know, one when one uses that capacity to wait. Um, to do something because you feel that that there is an intrinsic value in waiting, mm-hmm. um, and do that without feeling that you're losing out. I think for me that, that that's a big thing. You know, there are those who feel that I'm being deprived. It's a real negative, and when you do that, then for me it's the real sense of you're a victim here. You yes. are the sacrificial victim. Yes. Whereas if you do it and you do it freely because you recognise yes. that actually in the waiting in the doing yeah. something in order to get to a different place, yeah. then it takes on almost a spiritual sense of sacrifice, I, I of really doing think. something that has a value to you. I well, th- not to other people, but to you. I think, I think that really is the case, that in, in making the sacrifice, in delaying the gratification, not only are you investing in a future that you hope to come mm. true, but it, in that moment itself, you get something back. You get... Um, a, a pride, um, a, a confidence in yourself and your ability, and it feels like deeply elementally the right thing to do, doesn't it? Yes. So I do think that in teaching children or demonstrating to children how delayed gratification can um, can be better, I think you do feed their self-esteem. Yeah. And I do believe that people who end up being shopaholics or whatever, you know, there's lots of, of extreme behaviours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have probably just not been exposed enough to the concept of uh, sacrifice as being a very positive discipline yes. to have. Um, so, so yeah, I think um, somebody who's demonstrating shopaholic tendencies is covering up uh, a bigger wound in their soul, so to speak, yeah. because they didn't, put, they didn't put the effort in earlier. Or <laughs> it may be that they were never required to put the effort in. And I think for me oh. that's uh, around mm. parents and school that... Um, that children are often given the easy option yes. of giving up, of of having what they want immediately, yes. not having to work for it. Yes. Because you think, and I think back to my own um, life really, mm. the sense of satisfaction when there's something that you've worked hard for yes. um, or that you've saved for and then you go and buy that thing or you 
achieve that thing. Yes. Huge satisfaction comes from that. Yes. But if you're allowed to give up when you're young and you know it seems as well, it's okay. Uh-huh. Um, that you don't have to stick to things, that you don't have to save for anything because you're immediately given everything. Yeah. You don't learn the actual pleasure that comes from it. Now, I'm yeah. not suggesting that parents deprive their children of everything just no. as a, a matter of course. It is about a balance in all of these things. Yes. But if they never experienced that, how would they, would they as adults then have an understanding yeah. that there is the possibility of something great can come out of depriving yourself of, of yes. this the whatever it is you want yes to do or to have in the now yes and as children you know you're you're programmed to push the boundaries of course you are you're programmed to learn by testing what is uh, acceptable what how far can i go and there's been research done with children who are looked after people children who are in care that when they are finally put into somewhere where there is a structure and they are being cared for that then they will push and push and push. Mm. And it's, if I push this much, do you still care about me? Mm, do you? Yes. S- I, will you still love me if yes. I'm being an absolute pain in the what's it? Yes. And it's true, you, you know, thinking back to school, that those children who found it very difficult um, to conform, mm. to be part of, they did not understand what boundaries were. Mm, yes. And yeah. part of that was that the parents in the short term would take what seemed like the easy option, yeah. but it's never the easy option. And then no. later on, as those children became older and more um, aware of their power, mm. that they'd wield it. Yes. And then there's the, the slight subtlety of it where you get um, a, a child who is, um, you know, prevented from having anything really, um, the structure is so rigid. Oh, yeah. And I, I've got a friend who describes her marriage as um, being quite controlling. I don't know the detail of that. I've never had the time to really explore it with her, really. But she describes how her husband controlled what food she had. And then the marriage broke down. He leaves. And she just goes on a bender of, of just gorging herself. Yes. And to a certain or greater or lesser extent is continuing that, that sort of theme in her life. Mm. And it's like the little child who is never allowed to have sweets at all um, and builds up such a resentment and such a thing yeah. about it that as soon as they are allowed yeah. some sweets, they have to have all of them. Yes. It's, it's like the total pendulum swing, isn't it? So... As with most things, it's about balance, isn't it? And balance, uh, age appropriate. Yep. Um, balance in terms of there are times when you're going to allow things to happen because it feels right. Yep. I think consistency in terms of boundaries is helpful. Learning the word no means yeah. no. And yes. I would say if you're a parent or a teacher, don't use the word no unless you actually mean it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Use different language. Yes. But a, I'd like to bring us back to the sacrifice bit, if I may, mm. because so far what we've talked about is sacrifice on an individual level. Yes. But there are situations where people will sacrifice their own needs, mm-hmm. their own sense of what's right for them, mm-hmm. in order to do something for the greater good. Right. So if you think about the mother who won't feed themselves in order for the children and the man of the house mm-hmm. um, who's earning the income, which was the old model, wasn't it? Yep. That yep. The, the man would get the meat and then the children would get the bits of meat um, 
in the stew and then the the, the mother would actually get yeah. the, the, what was left yeah. in order to make sure that those those other people thrived so oh. far as possible yes and there are many people i think who who use sacrifice for others mm. in order to feel better about themselves yeah. and again it's a continuum we've got it where it can be quite destructive yeah. though i'm only feeling good about myself if i'm doing something for other people yeah. at one end of the continuum yeah to people who their life's work and they get huge pleasure and satisfaction out of it yes is in service yes because the worst of it would be the archetypal mother who um, it sacrifices herself sacrifices everything is quite the martyr to the family and yet builds up massive resentment about yeah. it because in actual fact it's not a true sacrifice no it's been it's self-serving then isn't it yes yes you know, it's been done to make a point it's been yeah. done with and no matter how much the family members try to sort of encourage this person to tell them what they want and you know so they can do something for them mm. you know that that would be handing power back to the yeah. you know away from this this martyr and so you get this awful scenario where yeah and i th do think it's particularly women although you know not making wild generalizations but i do think that particular archetype can be a very female one where you know the the the, the mother is all sort of i've given my life to you and and, yes. and, and builds up terrible guilt in in the in children in the children yeah i find it quite interesting when i work with clients how often um, there are clients who, for example, um, they expect other people to mind read when they're upset. Yes. And then get upset when other people don't pick it up. Yes. Or they need help and they expect other people to recognise that they need help and to offer it. Yes. Rather than simply saying, could you help me do this, please? Yes. And for me, at the bottom of all of those scenarios comes self-worth. Yes. Because if you... If you have a strong sense of self-worth, then when you offer to do things for other people mm. or you're involved in deferred gratification, mm. it's done with good heart. Yes. It's done from a place of positivity, from love, not from fear. Yes. Fear that you are not measuring up and that you want people to think well of you yes. or a fear that... Um, the, I've got to have it now because it won't be there in the future. Yes. And so for me, it's the emotional baggage that comes with the uh, with the thought process and the activity mm. that makes the difference. And if you're yeah. doing it wholeheartedly and absolutely from a, a place of love, yeah, then the sacrifice is a pure one. It's it's a positive thing. Yes. If you're doing it to make yourself feel better or other people feel worse, yes. then it's not. Yes. And I think it's important that each of us actually take some time to reflect and think, where are we coming from? Yes. And, and I mean, I know from my own personal circumstances uh, of um, the marriage that I was in, of... Um, of how I, I knew I ended up sacrificing myself in a lot of the examples. And there were particular circumstances and emotional around it in the sense that I, I learnt to, to not ask for help. I learnt to not expose my uh, emotions and vulnerability because um, my, my then husband at the time just couldn't cope with it. And, and so slowly I, I was sacrificed. And I think of it not really as like a conscious thing it's just more like sort of sitting in a bath of acid and slowly being etched away it was it was a sacrifice by default in the sense that 
um, I couldn't get out of the relationship what I wanted, and yet I didn't have the courage to speak no. up and and say. And and then um, and I know from my own personal um, that it, it built it built and built into resentment and and anger and annoyance. And I know that um, those those are you know really really toxic emotions to actually sort of sit in and live. And you're doing yourself no favors, and you're doing the people that you are trying to love and trying often to protect in that form of sacrifice. You're doing them no favors at all. You're giving them a warped idea of what sacrifice is, and 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 that was because it was unbalanced. I didn't get out of that relationship what I needed to be sustained. Therefore, I, even though I was sacrificing myself, so on that level I could sort of justify that I was doing my best, but I wasn't actually giving the best to any of the people in that relationship either. No, no. And um, the only way out of it for me was to, to, to finally get to a point where I, I, I had to, you know, metaphorically speaking, explode. <laughs> I had to set a bomb off... <clears throat> To write it, to get balance back, yes, and um, and so it was a much more destructive process in in some regards than if I had sacrificed my uh, fear at at, um, at at speaking my truth, yes. uh, you know, earlier on in life. It's interesting because uh, before the show we were talking about spiritual awareness mm. and how often. Um, in order for people to have that awakening, mm. there's some sort of crisis, there's some sort of a, of yeah. a bomb that goes off, or yeah. you go off into the wilderness, spiritually, emotionally speaking, in yes. order to, to recognise yes. what's going on. And I wonder how many people are in the position of sacrificing in the sense of the negative version of sacrifice that yes. we've described, yes. who believe uh, passionately that they're doing the right thing yeah, um, and feel that there is no alternative other than that route which they are taking. Because if I take the action which my heart tells me is the right one, yeah. the children will be collateral damage, I'll upset my parents, um, I'll walk away from an organisation and I'll leave a gap. Yeah, And there comes a point, doesn't there, where you have to recognise that if you're doing it and you're able to um, to do the service of whatever sort it is, mm -hmm. and do that without the resentment. Mm -hmm. Fine, it's not mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah, yeah. But when there is building and ever deepening um, resentment about it, yes, that energy will be translating into your body language, your yes. your your words, your yes. tone, the how you you approach things and your children your partner your parents whoever yeah will be picking up on that and they'll get caught up in the toxicity yes and, and I actually I really believe um, that that kind of energy manifests itself not only in you know the emotional welfare of yourself and those about you but I think it will manifest ultimately if you allow it to go on for too long in physical elements oh, too and not just for you mm. I'm reminded of a young lad in my school he was nine mm -hmm. his parents um, were living in the same house mm -hmm. they were not divorcing however mm. um, it would be tell your mother that she's an old what's it oh. tell your father I think he's even worse and they would use nice. um, very bad language <laughs> and the little lad was wasting away right. and when we finally um 
got the parents to take him to the doctor, he'd got a stomach ulcer. Right, right. Uh, and this child was absorbing all of this poison. Yes. And believed that in some way it was his fault. Yes. Because children will often believe, um, they won't have been told it necessarily, but mm. believe that if there's a, pe- a problem with pe- within mm. uh, the, the family, yeah. that it's down to them. Yes. If only yeah. I was better, if I was better behaved, if I was cleverer, yeah. then they wouldn't argue. Yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating. Uh, I, I like to explore that. In, I've got a couple of characters in my in my book and the one I'm writing where um, they, they are both sacrificing uh, and and in their heads are doing the dutiful thing. And um, and I, I really like to explore that, that aspect of humanity, really, because um, one of them t- takes the view of, of um, you know, sacrificing her own needs and desires and selfishness, if you like, to, to try to be the best mother she can be, the best this, that and the other, and to pour, you know, outpour so much love. And then the other character takes the alternative view of... of um, Doing the dutiful thing in, in in terms of providing money, but but absolutely totally emotionally bankrupt in any other way because he just hasn't got any strength to come um, from and stuff. And and it, it's interesting, isn't it? How as humans we tie ourselves up in knots, don't we? Just over over what starts off as being a, a relatively obvious sort of choice, but in 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 perceiving the energy behind the sacrifice. We set ourselves off down a down a road of you know emotional happiness or or sadness or because of because of that lack of ability to choose the right energy behind it and an understanding that um, well uh, that that sacrifice is is a positive thing for for self first and that to sacrifice your to sacrifice you, you, the difficulties that you have, that that little child, had he had the emotional stability and support around him to understand that he had to sacrifice his responsibility for his parents, maybe he'd have saved himself his, the ulcer. Yes, and, but that requires awareness and maturity. Yeah. And I think, for me, one of the biggest issues is, and we've talked about this a number of times, is 95% of what we do is done habitually there is yeah. no conscious thought and so mm. once you get into a pattern of behavior mm. unless something pulls you up short mm. or you know you have a sudden um divine thought mm. that comes through the clouds mm. and yeah. you don't think about what you're doing and what you're thinking about it is just done in the same way that you breathe yeah. or you regenerate cells yeah and if people were more aware of the language they use, the thoughts that they use, or what's behind those, yeah. then with a greater consciousness would would come greater choice. Yes. But you can only choose if you know you have a choice to make. Yes. Yes. It's the um, it's the typical Irish joke about um, somebody asking directions, and the Irishman says, "Well, you know, you want to get to so and so. I wouldn't be starting from here." Yes. Absolutely. But I am starting from here, <laughs> yeah. and it's this this perception issue, isn't it? Of um, well, I don't, you know, I don't know that there were an, there was another road to be on. Yeah, you have to uh, do the work to find to find that yeah. perception and that perspective uh, within you. Yeah. So, for our listeners out there, I think it would be useful for us, for us to sort of 
we've we've gone on a far ranging conversation, and yeah. sacrifice is actually quite a, a difficult thing, I think, mm-hmm. for people to take hold of. Yeah. So one of the I'd ask you a series of questions, and we'd love to hear what your answers mm-hmm. are. But these, if if nothing else, use them as a rhetorical question mm-hmm. um, for you to answer for you, because you are the person, the powerhouse behind the quality of your life. Mm. And so if you've been jogging along and that life doesn't feel quite comfortable, have a look at where do you stand in terms of are you sacrificing yourself, your dream, in order to serve others? Mm. If that is the case, are you doing it because it's something that you're passionate about doing and that it Mm. feels great and you feel great about it? Mm. In which case, carry on. Mm. But if you are in that place where you feel that you are sacrificing yourself in order to make somebody else feel better, I would really question the validity of that as a a rationale. And that there are, first and foremost, the only person you are truly responsible for is you. You can't make other people happy. You can't make things um, different. Um, intrinsically, unless that other person chooses to. Now, of course, there are cases when somebody's ill or somebody's elderly or very young where, you know, if you've got sick parents, you may have to sacrifice some of your your social life in order to help them. But it's whether you do it with great heart or whether you do it with resentment. Yes. And then, you know, I'd also say to you, in terms of your life, are you sacrificing the possibility of a rich, fulfilling, abundant mm. life mm. in order to go for what's comfortable? Yeah. And yeah. I think many people go with what they know, what they, they don't particularly like it, mm. but because they fear change, because they fear getting out of their comfort zone, they yeah. sacrifice what could be the most amazing present and future. And that's why sometimes I think it's easier to go and give a sacrificial chicken or goat. Or help someone else. Than it is to actually do the work on yourself. Of course and it do is. do the sacrifices inside yourself that you have to that's, do. That's yeah. the, the, the life lesson, isn't it? Yeah. You can't do it for somebody else. It doesn't matter how many books and courses you go on, mm. unless you're prepared to take action mm. and put the work in. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, yeah. So we'd love to hear from you um, either through my website www.genuinely-u.com um, or through the radio show. Please let us know what you think. Give us ideas for future shows, the things that you'd like covered. Now, from the website www.genuinely-u.com, you can also pick up a free digital copy of my latest book, Thriving Not Surviving: The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness and success and fulfilment um, and Rachel's books available on Amazon's The Point of View. So www.genuinely-u.com and pick up a digital copy of Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfilment. This is Gina Gardner, your host on Passionate World Radio. It's been a real pleasure and a privilege to be with you. Take care and look forward to being with you on the next show. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.